Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alvon Sydney, a.k.a. Alf954. Brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network. Welcome in the latest episode of the Five on the Floor podcast on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Make sure to check out our website. That's at fivereasonsports.com. That's spelled out, the number five, F-I-V-E. Also check out the Twitter account at Five Reasons Sports. That is not spelled out, nor is the account on Instagram. Check out the other podcasts in our network. Of course, Three Arts Per Carry. They've already moved on to two a season. They're breaking down quarterbacks. They had, nobody else gave you this. Nobody in this market gave you this. Simon Clancy of Three Arts Per Carry sat down with Tua, I don't try to pronounce the last name, sat down with Tua and got his thoughts about tanking, got his thoughts sort of indicating that he's probably coming out of school, which I know has been a bit of a question. And he actually even said on there, it was actually for an interview that Simon did with his other project, which is Gridiron Magazine, which is, I believe it's out now or coming out. And actually Tua said that the the Alabama players uh, in the huddle, they go rock, paper, scissors, decide who's going to score the next touchdown. So, yeah, he'd help the Dolphins. They have, uh, what is it, one touchdown all year. Um, anyway, check out all the other podcasts. Mark your territory, of course, on wrestling, out for the count on boxing. Goldie on Ice is coming back on the Panthers. And uh, Fish Tank uh, this week. Well, they had Bobby Monica last week and then Randall Hill the week after that. So get your Dolphins nostalgia when you want better days. But today we're going to talk about the heat. I've got Alphonse Sidney with me. I've got Alex Toledo. We're going to get right to it right after I introduce you to BetDSI.com. Check him out, BetDSI.com. Use the promo code 5101. That's F-I-V-E-101. Make sure you place all your bets before this weekend. The Dolphins right now, I believe they're 15-point underdogs, I think. Um, they, haven't come, they only came relatively close to covering the spread last week, didn't the first two weeks, but obviously double-digit underdogs again, and this time at home against the Chargers team that's going to have Melvin Gordon back. So it gets even easier for the Dolphins to tank. Also go on there and bet the futures on the heat. 43 and a half is the number right now. And I like the over. All right. So five one Oh one bet DSI.com. If you put in five one Oh one, you get a little bit of a bonus there, which helps out quite a bit. Welcome to five on the floor, a Miami heat and NBA podcast. from Ethan Skolnick with Alvon Sydney. A.K.A. Alf954. Brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, so I'm going to get to Alf and Alex here. We're going to get right to it. Alex was with me at the Jimmy Butler press conference today. Pat Riley, of course, introduced him. No Eric Spolster today, but got plenty from Jimmy, plenty from Pat uh, after the fact. And Jimmy did some one-on-ones with some of the TV guys. We got media day coming up Monday. We got training camp Tuesday through Saturday up in West Palm at Kaiser University. Alex, give me your impression. What, what stuck out to you today most about the Jimmy Butler press conference? Well, first things first, uh, I want to say that not only on the court, but off the court too in these pressers, Jimmy Butler is extraordinary at playing defense. He was not having uh, you know, some of these questions were like, 
trying to hit at him having a uh you know a bad attitude or calling him a bad person he kept saying the same thing oh i'm not an asshole i'm just i'm just somebody who works really hard and i think that's exactly like that's an exact move he should have played uh you know i love kind of the narrative that he gave uh to all of this where he's just embracing all the heat culture stuff he's embracing being underdogs embracing the young guys you know, uh, had them all, or not all, he had a few of those guys with him today at 4.30 in the morning at the heat facility getting worked on in the training facility and then, uh, you know, playing basketball. I think all of it is just kind of like it's a extraordinary entrance with all the narratives that uh, comes with Jimmy Butler. Alf, I know you follow it on Twitter and how things were playing out. You actually had to work today, which is the only reason you weren't there. You have a real job, unlike me. Uh, <laughs> what, uh, what, what, I mean, I, I pulled this afterwards and, and gave three options. You know, how, how do you assess the Jimmy Butler presser and the options were perfect, pretty good, or not impressed? It's about 80% perfect right now and about 10, about 15% pretty good. I, I thought, and I want to get to what you thought the thoughts were on Twitter and other places. I honestly thought this was the best introduction that has happened with the Heat in a long, long time. I, I, I thought he was pitch perfect on this. I was just curious, and I'll get to my reasons why in a second, but I was curious your impressions just following it on social. Well, yeah, it was pitch perfect because there was no awkwardness. Um, there was, in the past, some of these press conferences has been awkwardness, or there's been a guy maybe not completely uh, open to discussing things or discussing the past. And, oh, I just want to move forward. Jimmy was just – I know Alex said, yeah, he was playing defense, but he did seem pretty open to talking about things. And um, overall, the the tone of the press conference was like ear porn for Heat fans. It was culture, 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 hard work, hard work, hard work, grind, grind, grind. All the things that the Heat fan has – wrapped himself around or herself around for the last few years when there wasn't necessarily a star to hang on to all that grit, the grind, the culture stuff, you know, the, you know, the, the memes of us snorting culture, like all of that came out in that press conference today. So it was almost like it, it was the perfect press conference for heat fans. It gave you the new star, but it also validated the last four years of, you know, second round, first round playoff exits and missing the playoffs altogether. So it was just, it, it struck the perfect tone. And the, one of the biggest things I really liked was just how Jimmy really portrayed the rest of his teammates. Like, yeah, guys, I'm tough, but these guys are tough as hell too. And we're going to get along great. So it really just, it kind of just put everything together and made you really excited for the season. Yeah, it's what you said before, right? There ain't no bitch in the Miami Heat. You said that on a previous podcast. I and sure I think, as hell I, did. I, 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 <laughs> I, feel well, like we, Jimmy, I feel like Jimmy read that. <laughs> well, we need, we need it on a T-shirt. There's another quote from him we need on a T-shirt. By the way, we're going to cover Jimmy here, and then after the break, we'll get to Riley's presser. But you mentioned the, talk, the other players. I asked him the question specifically about the, the particular players he's been working with, and I, I have felt that there's been a point to it. You know, he works out with Tyler Harrow up in Chicago, and it is clear. Oh, yeah. Loved. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Ethan. I'm oh, yeah. <laughs> to me. No, yeah. Well, right. Exactly. Oh, yeah, I know. Because he said he, he said happy birthday to Bam. Uh, but <laughs> Tyler Harrow, uh, you know, he loves that kid. Like, it's just obvious that cockiness that Tyler Harrow has. And then Justice is another guy. They take the photo together, which was a little bit us against the world. And, you know, I know Riley said today, we'll get to Riley later, but I know Riley didn't seem thrilled with Justice coming out and saying he wanted to be the starting point guard. One of the things that, that Jimmy said about Justice was he doesn't back down from anybody. And then, of course, you know, as he said, he, he sent, as 
Bam told me on, on the podcast, you know, he kind of, you know, sent some birthday wishes on Bam's birthday and Bam was surprised. I think there is a point to this from Jimmy. I think, you know, he wants to be a leader of a team. And I also think he wants to change the reputation that he's had in the three previous places. And I think what we're going to find is that environment is everything. And something I did ask Pat a little bit later is that there are things that other organizations don't like about certain players that you guys embrace and the other players on this team embrace because they're the type of players who would be able to deal with Jimmy's shit. And I think Jimmy loves that already. You could tell even that little clip that the Heat put out. Yeah. You could tell Jimmy just felt like, it felt like Jimmy was just in his element, man. Like he's right. talking trash. Tyler talks trash. We've seen what Justice Winslow will say to somebody else in the middle of a heated playoff game. When yeah, you Ben Simmons, right. Ben Simmons. Right. And, I don't, and apparently Bam talks a lot of shit too because that, that might have – it was a rumor that that's part of the reason that he wasn't on the Olympic team. Mm-hmm. So you have a lot of guys with chips on their shoulder who want to prove something. And I think Jimmy was also taking a shot at – his past teammates. Yes. Yes. The yes. past organizations and saying, guys, it's not me. It's you. Cause right. I'm over here and we're good. So I think, I think he, he took this opportunity to, to lay some things to rest, but also to say, Hey guys, yes, this is my personality, but in the right place, it's actually welcome. Like you said, it's welcome. It's not shunned. Yeah. I, and I think, I think a lot of that was a cat, to be honest. I, I think that uh, a lot of it was at Carl Anthony Towns because he had that reputation for not being able to take a lot as does Wiggins, to be honest. And so I, I do think Jimmy was kind of saying, like you said, I'm in my element now. I'm with my people now. This is where I always should have been. And I've said this repeatedly and we got into this on the 305 live, which you guys should check out on the Twitter feed because we're giving away a Jimmy Butler Jersey there, courtesy of Seltzer Maber. But I, I think a lot of this is the Dwayne thing. I just, I, Dwayne, this organization means too much to Dwayne that if Dwayne didn't think this was a good fit, he wouldn't have pushed it on either party because Jimmy means too much to him. So Dwayne obviously identified that Dwayne and Jimmy might have different personalities. And we covered that on the podcast with Vinny Goodwill, which I also recommend you listen to that. But Dwayne knows Jimmy and Dwayne knows Riley. And it just looked to me like with the two of them together, like this is the happiest I've seen Pat looking forever, forever. Cause it's like he got himself on the team basically. And, and I think to impose some of this stuff. Now, Alex, I want to go uh, to you on this on some of the other things that, that Jimmy uh, kind of got into in terms of play, right? Because uh, a lot of what we're talking about with Jimmy is personality. And, you know, here we have Pat Riley declared him a top 10 player in the league. Today. I don't know that everybody would agree with that, but we've seen him ranked anywhere between 11 and 21, you know, when some of these outlets do it. But in terms of some of the things that Jimmy talked about, about what he wants to get accomplished here, what did you take from that? So, I mean, I was very encouraged by it just because all he talks about is winning, which is, you know, that's what everybody says uh, when the season is starting. Everybody wants to win. It's obvious. But uh, with Jimmy, the words, you know, it, it follows a reputation where he, he's all about putting the work in. And it's the same kind of stuff you hear from the Heat organization about uh, always looking to put, put forth the most competitive product, always trying to win in the short term. Uh, you know, I thought it was very encouraging overall. And, I mean, and Alf, uh, uh, sorry about that. Um, I, I guess we, you, you're not going to, you're not going to get a lot of on the court stuff at a, um, at an introductory, an introductory press conference. So I wasn't expecting a lot of that. It's, but he did say the right things when it came to winning. Not like, hey, we're trying to build something here or, uh, you know, we're trying to, you know, 
meshed together. It was about where we want to win and we want to win right now. And I think that's the mentality of the franchise, which is why they brought him in. Well, the, I think the only thing he kind of rebelled against a little bit today, the only place, because, and when we had John Krasinski on and also a couple of the other guys we had on who, who talked about Jimmy will go back at you on a question. And I don't think he did a lot of that today, but he did once. Uh, there was one question asked, which implied that Jimmy wanted to be the man. And that's the only place I thought that he pushed back a little bit because I, I don't think he wants that reputation that he was kind of clearing other players out of the way. I think he wants to be the guy who guides the other players on the team. And I think he's going to want the big shots, but I also don't think that he necessarily feels like he needs to be the best player on the team all the time. And I thought one of the things that Riley said that was interesting is that, you know, he doesn't want Jimmy to get too caught up in leading and he's, he get, he told a story. I think actually this was in response to a question I asked that was totally separate from this, but he told a story about a scrimmage from the other day and a Jimmy, you know, basically we're having a conversation about how Jimmy was trying to set everybody else up and that Pat sometimes wants him to be the guy. Like he wants him to have the dog in him and, you know, go to the basket and attack. And if they need to score 40, he scores 40. And, and I, I thought the other thing that, that came out of this was Jimmy kept saying, whatever Spo wants me to do, whatever Spo wants me to do. And I think we haven't seen it yet because Spo wasn't there today. But I think what we're going to see starting Monday is a real kinship between the two of them. I think Spo is the best coach that he's ever had. Uh, no offense to Tibbs. Certainly better than a couple of the others that he's had. Uh, I think that, that there's, there's going to be a real connection there because I think that Eric has been waiting to coach a guy like this you know, for a while, really since you know, Dwayne started to decline. So a um, couple other things here. You talk about ear porn for Heat fans, which I think is how I'm going to leave this episode. Maybe that's how I, I title it. The, the quote that's getting the most attention that I threw on Twitter was, you know, I want the Miami Heat to be hated. Yes. <laughs> to, to, to me, guys, when he said that, it's like, all right, he's part of the family now. Because that's also what's been missing. Heat fans hate being irrelevant. And yep. it's like you're shouting into the wind, right? It's like the Simpsons, you know, you know, old man shouting at Cloud. I feel like that's what Heat fans have been doing the past five years. And now I think people are going to genuinely dislike the Heat again. And I think that's positive. I mean, that was the gem of the press conference by far. It wasn't even close. That was the one where as soon as he said it, I'm like, oh, this is going to blow up. <laughs> People absolutely do miss being hated. I could speak on behalf of all he, all of Heat Twitter. I know Alf Ganna is president of Heat Twitter, and I love it. I, and I know all of Heat Twitter loves it. It's, and you know what's, know what's dope out. about it? It's genuine, right? I, th I feel like the last time the Heat had the main attraction as someone who did not mind being feared and hated, it's probably Alonzo Mourning. Because Dwayne was not feared and hated. No, Dwayne, Dwayne was like, loved. Dwayne LeBron was loved. tried to be feared and hated, but he didn't like it. He, he didn't wasn't comfortable it. with it. No, no this is going to be a guy who, no, he wants to be hated. He's okay being hated. He's comfortable in his own skin. And really, and I love Dwayne, and Dwayne is the Miami Heat. But there's, this is probably the first star player since Alonzo Mourning that personality up and down fit the heat culture in this way. Well, I, I think there's, that was the great paradox of the big three teams is that they were likable. If you knew them, uh, that, that, yes. that's that, that, I mean, I mean, Jimmy can be unlikable. Like uh, that's just part of the deal here, but like 
they were they were likable. Like that was I've always told people that was the best locker room I've ever covered. It was the smartest group of guys. I mean, smart, nice, funny. How, how do you dislike Mike Miller? How do you dislike Chris Bosh? Like I understand Ray, Ray, Ray Allen. Oh, no, Ray yeah. Allen was well, 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 Ray Ray has an edge, but Ray's also a really really bright dude. I mean, sometimes Ray thinks he's the smartest guy in every room, and that can rub some people the wrong way. And then the Boston thing with them spelling traitor wrong. But like, but 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 Ray is but Ray is a smart guy who does. I, I greatly admire a lot of the things that, that Ray has done post career and, and in the community and and what he believes in. But I mean, James I, Jones, Joel Anthony, good guys, like all of them. Good. There was not a bad guy in that room. Rio's a good guy. Like they, there was. I mean, and LeBron. I, I hate to tell people because I'm you know I know I had a relationship. Is a good guy, uh, and he cares what people think. And so, uh, it's and UD. I mean, with all the facade about UD, you won't find a better human in sports. So, like, it was a totally ridiculous caricature of that team made by lazy national media people who were jealous because most of them based up in the Northeast or L.A. Okay, more jealous from the Northeast than L.A. But and 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 they looked Coastal at elites. Us, an elite. Well, they looked the coastal. Well, yeah, right, exactly. Well, we're coastal elite too. But they, but they looked, they looked at Miami as a place that didn't deserve that team from the very beginning. And so they, they were, they, they were, they were trained to basically hate us and, and declare everybody villains. And there was nobody on that team who was comfortable being a villain. The only guy who was comfortable, I thought, was Eddie House, and he was gone after one year. I mean, he's the guy. He's the guy who said to me, "Middle fingers to the haters." Rio tried that, but Rio is too good a dude deep down to really. I mean, and I know UD is it. UD is a good dude, but I think he. He he's probably okay with being the villain. <laughs> oh oh I oh I think he'll like it. I oh yeah he, I think he, he and Jimmy are gonna be great. Well when we oh. when I had when I had when I had UD on the pod like he said it flat out and I think it came across today like everything UD said was right as usual. He said basically that you know Jimmy Butler he's like the only problem I've ever heard about Jimmy Butler is he wants his players to play he wants his teammates to play hard and I thought that was the other you mentioned I thought the best quote was the haters quote the other quote was. Basically, I love this game. I love to play. I love to work. And I don't understand when other guys don't. And he, when he said that it's not hard to get guys on this team to come to work out with you, like, I thought that was impactful, right? Because – which is another shot at his old teams and old yeah. franchises. He, he, he's with a bunch of guys right now that want to get in the gym. They want to wake up early. They want to bust their ass. Like, listen, man, this team might not score 115 points a game. It might not be a one seed, but I think they're going to be fun as hell to watch, especially for a Heat fan base that has gotten a chip on its shoulder the last few years and wants to see, you know, grinded out really competitive basketball. I think we're, we've gone to the point that, you know, we, this, is, this is what the Miami Heat is. We're not worried about the flash anymore. Right. We're worried about the substance. And this is a team full of substance, if, if, if nothing else. Yeah, I, I, think we've, I think what we've seen is that I think the Heat fan is accepts what it is and what this franchise is. And I can mock the culture thing, and you know, I got a little slap in the face on it today because Jimmy kept mentioning it. But, uh, but to me, uh, my whole point on culture all along has been culture is fine when you have the talent who buy into it. But culture to get you, and no offense, but to get Tyler Johnson or Rodney Magruder to 25 minutes a game you know, when they weren't supposed to be NBA players, that's nice for back-of-the-rotation players. But that – ultimately culture only gets you so far they finally have a player who can take because jimmy's whole story is culture like forget the heat thing he was the 30th pick in the draft he we've we've done this story before on the pod he oh you, you could go before that too from he when wasn't he was recruited yeah he wasn't recruited alex like uh, nobody, his lifestyle i mean is you know the way that he came up like as a person growing yeah. up as a kid like all the stories around him is it's, it's 
like it embodies that he's he's that's all he's ever known is obstacles well and i think alex that's why some people turned against him because a lot of people a lot of the media wrote that story right they wrote this overcoming obstacles he never should have been here from a family perspective from a talent perspective from being overlooked never should have been in this position and then all of a sudden he became a star kind of out of nowhere like the bulls were not anticipating him being a star he wasn't a starter on the team that you know placed the heat and, and he didn't play uh very much so you know that he was never supposed to be here and then all of a sudden he got this chip on his shoulder and i think people perceived it as oh he's forgotten where he came from and i don't think that's the case at all i think he remembers exactly our bodies come in different shapes and sizes so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too that's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. See where he came from. And I think his attitude about it is like, why the bleep, okay, is this guy not working as hard as me yep. when I've come out of that, you know, sort of environment and I've made it to this point and I know how it works for me, and why is this guy? And I can see him looking at Carl Anthony Towns, and I, I know we had John Krasinski on. He said the relationship was maybe not as bad as portrayed, but I can see him looking at Carl Anthony. Carl Anthony Towns has all the talent in the world. He's just a naturally gifted player. All he the talent, do, all the physical tools. Number one, one number one pick. Draft, right? He could do everything: shoot inside, outside. Doesn't compete defensively. Doesn't compete possession to possession. Seems to get his his feelings hurt a lot. And if you're Jimmy, like. What, you're looking at that guy, and you're like, if I had that talent, what would I be? And so I, I think that's where the frustration, and I bet you there's going to be more stuff that comes out, guys, about Philly, but, uh, about, about what he really thought of Embiid and Simmons. Speaking, I think that stuff's going to start to come Ethan, out. And Ethan, who on this team is the number one draft pick? Who was the first? Uh, let's go over it. Uh, Dion was third overall. And he Dion has a chip on his shoulder. Like fourth, fourth, you're right, yeah. fourth. Like few top five picks you'll see. Right. right. Well, everybody thought he shouldn't have gone that high, but yeah, he he was fourth. Uh, let's see, Myers Leonard was a late first. Is that right? I believe. Yeah, he was. He definitely wasn't in the top ten. Uh, Olinick was mid first. Right. He was somewhere. He was in like the, thirteen, something yeah, like that. Somewhere, somewhere in the teens. Derek Jones Jr. was not was not. Uh, Justice was tenth, as we know. Bam was, what, 13th, right? Um, oh, Myers was 11th. Myers a little higher than I thought. So Bam was 13th. So, so mostly outside, outside the top 10 with the exception you don't have a of, bunch of spoon. You don't have a bunch of silver spoon guys on this team. You have a bunch of guys who had to work to get to where they are, and they're still working. I mean, Bam out of bio, Colin Coward didn't know his name last year. Right, Joy got Taylor had off, to correct him. Yeah, got kicked off the Olympic team. Justice Winslow couldn't make an Olympic team that finished seventh in the world. Right. Like you, you got to think that they look at this shit and they're pissed off. 
Well, that's why I've said this is a, give Eric Spolstra an uncluttered roster with guys who want to defend and are individually motivated and see what happens. And, and that, that's why I'm going over. I, I just because I, I just think you, you had a situation. Plus, you're you're to the point now where the bad contracts and Alf, you've talked about this a lot in terms of the context of them getting the cap free and be able to get another star. But I'm going to talk about this in the context of guys being motivated. You've got a guys, a bunch of guys who you had early stage contracts with those guys where there was no reason to be motivated. James Johnson, Deion Waiters. Well, now we've turned the corner, right? I mean, we're at, we're at hump day. Okay. Like you can see the end of the week, like those contracts are going to expire soon. And so those guys need to work and they both came to camp. It appears uh, Dion looks great. Like in terms of what you at least see on, you know, with the photos with Jimmy and everything else. So they've gotten to the point now where, th where they've turned the corner on this and now they're motivated. Okay. You've got Dragic and Olenek were basically traded this offseason. They're motivated. Dragic is in the last year of his deal. You mentioned Don't forget Dragic. Derek Jones Jr. Derek Jones Jr., right? <laughs> he, he, he needs to get paid too, and he was let go by the worst franchise in the West, okay? Also not, almost traded. Also almost traded to Dallas, right? So he's in that mix also. Tyler Harrow is drafted to Miami, and everybody is like, what the, what the bleep? What, why did they just draft Tyler Harrow? There's nobody on this team that doesn't have a reason to be motivated this year. And my and God, does Jimmy love Tyler? Right. Oh, my God. Yeah. No, I mean, he does. And, I, I mean, I, that's what I've said on this pod. Like, the peers seem to love Tyler, which I'm going to take uh, – that, to me, means more than a scout. So, we're going to get into Pat Riley when we come back. Uh, we got a big event coming up, so I'm going to tell you about it. All right. There are a lot of events in South Florida that you got to go to. But if you can only pick one – Yeah, come on now. This is the one. I'm with Jason Jackson. You know him as the Jack Show. <laughs> the third year of this event. I don't want to disparage the guys that you roasted before. You shouldn't. But there's one three. Yeah. So what do you got going on? Jack Celebrity Roast Volume 3, 4-3. Like, this was always in the making. All the way back to when we started in 2016 with Irie first and then uh, Jason Taylor. But uh, on October 12th at uh, One Hotel uh, South Beach, we are roasting Dwayne Wayne. We've got Chris Spencer, Razor Davis, um, Jimmy Butler on the podium, as well as Udonis Haslam. I'm giving you a breaking story. That's not fully confirmed, but uh, we'll all be together on October 12th. Everybody can get tickets to jackscelebrityroast.com. Uh, do not bring your mother, your faith healer, or your kids. Sounds like a plan. So where do they go again? Where do they get it? Jackcelebrityroast.com. Buy your tickets now. There aren't many left. All right, Ethan Skolnick back here on the Five on the Floor podcast with Alex Toledo and also Alphonse. Now, let's get to Pat Riley. So just so the dynamics, Alex and I were there today. Jimmy met with the media, general press conference, about 20, 25 minutes. Uh, then there was a bit of a break. Uh, Pat went off to the side to talk to Andy and Adam Simon and some others. And uh, Jimmy went and did some one-on-ones with TV guys. I really recommend – I'm a big fan of all the TV guys down here, but check out Clay Ferraro's uh, feed. Uh, I think he's – is he Clay WPLG? Is that right, Alf? I think on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, so check, check that out. He did some really fun stuff with Jimmy today about all the the gifts and the memes and all that good sort of good stuff. So uh, check that out. So Jimmy did some one on ones. He's going to be available again on Monday. And then Riley came out. And my general impression, my general thought on Riley always starts with his mood. Like he's had some pressers lately where he has been in a bad mood. Ornery. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and and it doesn't come off well for him because when he does that, he it comes off of like it's like why are you questioning me? Well, yeah, but it's also okay. And I don't want to be ageist here, okay, at this point. But you know, Pat's in his mid seventies. 
and like I said, sort of old man screaming at cloud. Like that's oh, no. <laughs> no, but that's a little bit how a couple of his pressers have come off. Like when he's gone after, I think he went after Ira and Barry about you know the, not today, but he he touched on it today. He always does. But like the James Johnson, Deion Waiters contracts, one of the most more recent press conferences, he he kind of went off on on both of them uh, about that. And it's funny because he's not letting that go. No, he won't. But at that, it wasn't as bad today because he's he's through it most of it. But it did come up kind of like out of nowhere. Did, did anybody even bring mind. that up? It, in, no, in the, no, as a no, question? no. I don't think so. It's 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 <laughs> on his mind. But like, but but he was implying at a previous press conference that like it didn't matter how much they made because you know, and of course it does because it affected the salary cap. But he also said at a previous press conference, right? There are obstacles, but there are no obstacles, and that quote was true. In fact, mark that. We one laughed down. at it. We laughed at it, but Smoot needs to do a T-shirt for that one too, actually. Uh, but, but, but I thought today, it's like the sunlight came in, like he was, ha- I, Alex, am I right? like he was happy? Oh, shining, right? shining. He came he in sat and up was there for three hours. Like, oh, he came in and him and Jimmy, but the the swagger combined between the both of them as they strut in to get <laughs> onto that stage. Oh my God, it was blowing me away. I thought, Alex, that he was going to literally take the rings that he dropped on the table, supposedly, for LeBron and everybody else. I thought he was – He kept saying his name. He kept saying, this is Jimmy Butler, guys. I don't call him Jimmy. (laughs) It was like, how the fuck did we get this guy? I had no cap space. Uh, He even took a shot at the Dolphins. Yeah, which he's uh, to how many times he's gotten stars? He's like, oh, people of this caliber, and you know, right, he, right. he, he, like he, had, he had to remind them of that. Right? I thought he was literally going to take the rings and like drop them in front of Ira or Barry. Like, <laughs> so just, much swagger, right? And and that is and that's kind of what we can get into the specifics of this. I mean, the Winslow Dragic comments were interesting. I still don't believe necessarily that Goran's going to be the starting point guard. Wait, I, well, why? I need to hear the shot at the Dolphins. I missed that. Oh, oh, it was great. It was it was backhanded. I don't want the Dolphins are very sensitive with me right now, so I don't want to go too far. They they think that uh, that tanking shirt on on the website is about them. It's not. It's about the one that was made before they started tanking. Right. Okay. It's about the it's about the Sixers. But yeah, uh, and and that that was the whole point of it. It goes directly after the Sixers uh, slogan from when Correct. they were tanking. Right, right, right. So I, I don't want, but, but basically Cameron Wolf was there today and Cameron's a very good reporter who moved down here about a year ago to cover the Dolphins and he covers the Dolphins. And so Cameron asked a question and Pat has gotten big at, you know, mentioning people's names when they ask questions. So he, you know, he does it with, with Tim Reynolds and he does it with Ira and Barry and did it with me today. He, he typically, the guys he's seen, he's known for a long time. So he did it with, um, so Cameron, he goes, Cameron Wolf, or so he said, no, he said, don't you cover the Dolphins, oh, <laughs> which God. I guess Pat's reading Dolphins coverage at ESPN.com. I was not aware. Um, and then he goes, Cameron. And so it was just funny because it, it was just the way, it, and then because there was like laughter in the room. And I, I, I don't know if the laughter was because Pat was following the Dolphins at ESPN.com <laughs> or the laughter is because. That was random. It was I, random, right? It I didn't think about that as a shot towards the Dolphins, but now that you mention it, it is kind of funny, isn't it? It, it, it could be interpreted as kind of like, uh, oh, yeah, there's nothing really going on interesting over there. <laughs> right. I, I don't think that's how he meant it, but I think the laughter afterwards. And, I, again, I don't want to – He might He might have meant that um, – Not he might He might not have done it on purpose, but that's probably what he meant. Like, isn't there something for you to be doing Especially right in, the, in the cadence right. that he says it. Right, right. And I, I don't want to – I mean, again, we, 75% of our network likes what the Dolphins are doing, so I, I don't know why they're sensitive about us. But, anyway, that, that's neither here nor there. But – Dragic and and Winslow, I thought that was interesting. Uh, him talking about you know finding or justice needs to do a hundred hail marys or something like that. Like clearly, oh clear, clearly they didn't like 
like the comment. I, Alf, you and I both liked the comment because we want Justice to be that, right? We want him to be. But I can understand. They've been very careful about Goron's feelings all offseason. Um, and, and I but think they want they? it to happen what organically. I, I think they just want it to happen. I don't think they want it to feel forced. What Especially I know, after Goron almost got dealt. Right. Yeah, what I want to know is who's they, right? Like, who's – they – they are worried about Goron's feelings. Like who exactly is they, right? Because is there, is there a difference between the way, because is there a difference between the way Spo thinks and the way Pat thinks? Because I don't, I don't know who thinks he's, I don't know how they evaluate him. I don't know if they see him as a point guard or not. I, I it seemed like Spo last year, you know, made the point when, when Goran went out, he made the point that justice was our point guard going forward, but it was never supposed to be permanent, right? It just, it's just, he was trying to make the case, say, look, I'm putting the ball in his hands for now, right? Even when Goran came back, he just stayed in a starting position. He did, and Goran played great off the bench. And you and I, I think we all agree that that's, uh, Goran is, it's not, it's not a demotion for Goran. It's, he'd be the best, he'd be one of the best reserves in the league. Especially since he'd still be getting around the same minutes per game, no? Probably 25, 27, 28. Yeah, I, which is where he should be at this stage. Like, if he wants to, if he wants to get another contract after this one, that's of any significance in terms of. Man, I would years. love to see him eighteen to twenty-two minutes a game. I think that would just be peak Max Goran Dragic, explosive. But I guess that's really, really what I. I guess people get upset about what Riley says when it comes to justice and when it comes to the point guard position and Goran Dragic. But I think what at the end of the day, what really matters is what happens on the court. I think people still get caught up in this, the idea that Pat is coaching the team. Like, can we give right. Spoke some credit? Like, well, he, well, he did, Spoke though. No, 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 but, no, no, but yeah. he did when it came to justice. Like, he was very explicit about that, where he said, you know, Spoke's done an incredible job of getting this 19-year-old that we first got to develop in all these different ways. I'm nervous about the whole Swiss Army thing after what we just witnessed with the Dolphins and Minka Fitzpatrick. Because, See, I was actually – sorry, go ahead. No, because, because, look, the way that – I mean, there's a lot of similarities between Minka and Justice, if you think about it. They, yep. came, they both came from elite, arguably, the best programs in their respective, you know, sports, right? Okay, Duke and Alabama. They both came here, you know, where it was believed that they were leaders, to a certain more Minka than, than Justice, but that they were leaders and they were smart, okay? Both of them, but probably more Justice than Minka. They, and, and, and what they were touted with, both of them slipped in the draft, and both of them, it was touted, that they could do multiple things. And so you had Minka completely reject that, right? Although I think it was really about just getting the hell out of Dave. But like, he, because he seems to be embracing it with Pittsburgh. But, and he didn't play that well. Stats aside, he didn't play that well in the first game if you, if you, you really watch what the Pittsburgh writers were saying. But Justice has seemed to embrace it, but then kind of did a 180 on it. And I think so, you know, I want to be the point guard. And I think that's the only sort of red flag for me not that Justice is the type he's going to get unhappy, but we just kind of witnessed this with Minka. So I, I just, I'm wondering how the Heat's going to handle this if they're throwing Justice in a bunch of spots that he really doesn't want to be in. See, so I was actually thinking about that because it does kind of follow in the theme that the Heat have been operating in, something that we talked about a couple episodes ago, is that they're kind of all on this time frame, right? Where, like, they're saying all of these things now because Pat kind of went out of his way to almost shut that down a little bit while also giving a lot of love and respect to justice. He was kind of like, Oh, you know, he said the whole comment about finding justice, uh, 50,000 and giving it to Goron, which made everybody laugh in the room, which I'm still not sure if it's true or not. Uh, and then you also got him saying like, Oh, 
Goran is the incumbent starting point guard. You got him saying that a couple months ago. Uh, it seems like there's a lot of politicking going on, but I wouldn't be surprised if by January just as a starting point guard. And then another thing I think it kind of points to is that they're thinking about using Justice as a starting, you know, starting wing and then as a probably a point guard off the bench. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, a lot of staggering him with the, with the bench guys. And I think we're going to see a lot of that before he eventually turns into the starting point guard. Yeah, I think all that's nonsense, man. Not, not saying that what you think is nonsense. And if it happens, <laughs> it happens. It is, I just yeah. think they shouldn't do it. It's just, to me, it just, and I went off, I was on the Heat Beat podcast. I don't know. I've done so many freaking podcasts this week. But I was on the Heat Beat podcast, and uh, Gianni was like, well, maybe he's more like an Andre Iguodala. And I lost it. Like, I'm just sick of it. Justice Winslow is a point guard. His best position is at point guard. The best basketball that Heat played last year is when Justice started at point guard. I don't understand why we keep playing these games. Like, yes, on defense, he's a Swiss Army knife. He can guard one through five. But on offense, give him the ball in his hands and let him initiate the offense. The Heat play better when he does that. I'm really – I just don't understand what is so hard for everyone to wrap their heads around. They do not have a point guard on that team that fits better with Jimmy Butler than Justice Winslow. And if that's the case, Justice Winslow should start because everything should be about Jimmy Butler. I love Goran Dragic, but listen, give him the ball for 18 to 20 minutes off the bench with everybody mm-hmm. out of his way and let him go to work. I don't even see why this is hard. Well, it's not, although I th- Pat – they keep trying to move away from the term right they're trying to move away from the term point guard even jimmy said it jimmy said you know that there's no such thing really as a point guard these days i don't think that's true i mean there are there there are more ball handlers on the floor now and it's the expectation that twos and threes and even fours are supposed to be able to handle the ball but most of the elite teams in the league i mean Steph Curry is a point guard, right? Like, uh, I mean, that, you know, Kyle Lowry is a point guard. Kyrie Irving, you know, he, I mean, they're scoring point guards, yes. But, I, I, but most of these teams identify who – Kemba Walker is a point guard. Like, the ball is in their hands. They're going to make plays with it. And I, I think what we're saying is it's not so much like calling Justice a point guard. It's making sure he's not standing in the corner. That, that, that's, that's the issue here. And, and I just and also, feel, but I just think also for the kids confidence, call him a point guard. Well, if he wants to be called, <laughs> but, but I think again, I, I think they're being sensitive. I, I, you say who's they, I don't know, but it seems to be organizationally. Like they're being sensitive to the idea that Goran came in. He referred to Goran as an all-star again today. I, I feel like they, they're trying, and look, Goran missed a lot of time last year. And I think the time offer is going to be good. And, you know, I love Goran Dragic, so, and you do too. I mean, this, this is not about Goran Dragic, but I, this is the one thing they seem to be resisting. Well, we only got a couple minutes left here, so I, I just want to get to sort of a, you know, a general feeling here about, Alex, what Pat said about, you know, Jimmy being sort of the starter piece, right? Like, he, he called him a star. He called him a top 10 player. We can argue about that. But he called him a top 10 player, but he made it damn clear that they're looking for other opportunities, and they're here to win, and they're here to win big. And I have said, I think he's in here for the long haul. Do you think, let's just, 20 seconds each, do you guys think they will end up with another star before the end of this season, Alex? Um, I'm not sure about that. I would love to see it uh, just because I'm, I'm not sure how Washington feels about uh, how early they want to move on from Bradley Beal after it inevitably doesn't work when they're below 500. But I do think it's going to happen at some point, whether it's Beal or whether it's Victor Oladipo, like uh, David Ramil said on the Heat Beat podcast. Mm-hmm saying that uh, the Pacers organization is worried that he'll lead to the Heat. So I do think it's going to happen at some point. But Pat Riley was playing defense there, too. 
he, yeah. he was saying, oh, we're not worried about that right now. And uh, No, they're always worried about it. There, there's a plan after a plan after a plan. Of course, but you know they're worried about tampering and all these and all the new rules and stuff. They oh, well, oh, well, early that, on. Oh, 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 yeah, that. Yeah, that for sure. Uh, but, yeah, well, while Rich Paul's going to have defense first. In the league. Defense first. It's a defense first organization. Oladipo is interesting, of course, because, I mean, that's another Dwayne thing. Alf, 20 seconds. I don't, think it happens, I don't think it happens this year, but I do think it happens – by all-star break of next year in a big push to win a title in Jimmy's second year here. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't see – I don't see where the opportunities are. I know Bradley Beal supposedly an opportunity, but I think it's probably going to be an even bigger um, – it's going to be an even bigger opportunity next year for the Wizards when they they really have the potential to lose their star player for nothing and they really have no uh, – they, they really have no hope going forward. Mm-hmm. So – and then uh, on the on the Heat Beat podcast, David Ramil brought up that Victor Oladipo wants to play in Miami. Yeah, they they and they love Victor Oladipo. So I see that for next year, I don't see it happening this year. I see the, the Heat making a second round appearance, maybe an Eastern Conference Finals this year. I really doubt that, but maybe a second round appearance, and then next year going after a guy like Oladipo or Beal in a trade for a guy that's disgruntled on two teams that I feel like are going to be really bad the next couple of years. I do not believe in the Pacers. They lost the Bogdanovich guy. I found out uh, like there's two of them. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, on that note, we got to go. We got to go. That's it. Bye. Talk soon. <laughs>